Good evening. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I am Adam Wright along with Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros. We apologize that our episode is going to be released a little bit later than usual. We are college students, so we are actually getting close to our finals weeks. So we've we've been very busy and the stress is just unbelievable at this mm-hmm. point. But without further ado, we do have a lot planned for you guys tonight. We have, we're have we going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys' recent slump, uh, the Baltimore Ravens jumping to the number one seed in the AFC, the game of the week, and fan box, as always. But we will start off with perhaps the hottest team in football, which is the New England Patriots. So the Patriots won their sixth straight game over the Titans, 36-13, to knocking off Tennessee from the one from their perch on the one seed in the AFC and so the teams they've beaten during their win streak include the Jets Panthers Chargers Browns Falcons and now the Titans so do these wins validate the Patriots as contenders in the AFC and possibly in the Super Bowl so CJ I believe you had some thoughts on the team and, and, and on their coach in fact yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it makes them Super Bowl contenders, but I would say it definitely makes them contenders to go to the AFC Championship game. They beat Buffalo, they shut down Indy, then yes, I would say they're Super Bowl contenders. But I'm at that stage where I believe, but I just need to see a little bit more. You beat Buffalo in Buffalo, you're then yeah, then you're definitely a Super Bowl contender. So... I mean, and I just want to debunk this argument real quick. Everyone's like, oh, the Patriots didn't play anyone. The Jets, yes, I'll admit, the Jets are terrible. The Panthers, you're talking like the Panthers don't have a top 10 defense and a lot of weapons. Chargers, same thing. The Chargers are extremely dangerous. The Browns, I, I don't know what to make of them. We just kind of routed the Browns. And the Falcons, I don't care what you say. A shutout is incredibly hard to do in the NFL, so don't discredit that. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, but the Titans were her. And the Titans have a top five defense. So, and we still drop 36 points on them with a rookie quarterback that only throws checkdowns. So, first of all, these valid, I wouldn't say they validate us for the Super Bowl, but they certainly validate us to be a contender within the AFC. Like I said, you beat Buffalo and Indy, then yeah, we, we're going to talk about you in the Super Bowl. But like I said, I just need to see a little bit more. And, as Adam said with coaching, I don't care what anyone says. We need to start talking about Bill Belichick for coach of the year. No. Yes. Hear no. me out. Uh, a six-game win streak, eight and four, with a rookie quarterback who's a game manager. Okay. And after going seven and nine, he rallies back and started two and, and four too. Yeah. Started thank two you, and Adam. four too. Yeah, started two and four. They turn it around, and he's coaching this team to victory. Because, look, I'll be frank. On roster, we're not – I mean, on paper, the roster isn't really that much. It's nothing to sneeze at, I will grant you, but it's nothing, like, super special. But I do think Bill is coaching them to a lot of wins. And, look, maybe he shouldn't win it, but he should definitely deserve some love because coaching a team from 2-4 and four, – to eight and four, while beating you know teams like the Browns and the Panthers and the Titans, that's not easy. And I just think if we 
can give it I mean I if we can give it to Jason Garrett before like so why not Bill Belichick and I'm pretty sure didn't Matt Nagy win it his first year or something yeah, like that he did, yeah he did he did win coach of the year yeah yeah so Bill Belichick that is all coach of the year I hear your argument for that and I'll get to it in one moment the original question of whether or not they are Super Bowl contenders, we need to calm it down a bit. I believe they are contenders in the AFC because of the way the AFC is playing out this year and the fact that they're on a six-game winning streak. And sure, you might complain about the quality of competition, but they did beat the Chargers, and the Chargers are a playoff team, regardless of what people may think about them. They have some good quality wins on their on their record, including the Chiefs, and I think that means something. And so... I think the Patriots going up against the Chargers and the Chargers were supposed to win and the Patriots manhandling them the way that they did shows me that they are very serious in the AFC. But until I see them in the playoffs, I cannot call them like Super Bowl contenders or like major contenders. The problem with the Colts is they're shaky sometimes when they have to rely on Carson Wentz. Outside of that, they are solid as hell. If they have to, if they rely on Jonathan Taylor, they'll never lose a game. The rest of the way, I predict if Jonathan Taylor balls out the rest of the season, they're not going to lose another game. And so that is the only true competition I believe they have left. I could be wrong, but outside of the Bills, who again play up and down at times, they play great against the Saints, but against the Colts, not so much. And to your point about Bill Belichick being coach of the year. It definitely warrants some merits, but my only problem is I can't put him over a guy. I can't put him over John Harbaugh at this point in time because John Harbaugh is the number one seed in the AFC with half his team on IR. That should not be happening. It, But somehow, some way, he keeps his team motivated. He keeps his team in these games, and somehow, some way, he continues to pull out these miracle games where everybody thinks the Ravens are going to lose it and then less – a second they pull it off in a victory so i hear why you're saying bill Belichick. it warranted some merits but until like john harbaugh loses some more games i think he is head and shoulders above everybody else and i might be forgetting another name at this point in time so here's the thing with uh whether or not these game these wins validate the patriots as possible contenders like a six game winning streak is impressive in any context the only issue is you can look at all of these wins and kind of nitpick a little bit. And, you know, the Jets are the Jets. You don't need to nitpick there. But the Panthers, I mean, they were a sinking – and they still are a sinking shit. And they're they're just falling apart. Bill Belichick has Sam Darnold's number. Then you look at the Chargers. Yeah, they beat them, but they're going through a major slump right now. They just lost to the – they just lost to the Broncos – and I believe what are they, seven and seven and five, six yeah, and like that. six and five somewhere. I yeah, think they're six yeah, and five. Somewhere, but somewhere they're they're they are underachieving big time. And don't get me started with the Browns. That team is imploding. They're falling apart at the seams. Falcons, sure, and a a shutout is very impressive. But who does Matt Ryan have to throw to? Cordero Patterson. Kyle, who was out. Russell Gage is decent, I guess. Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson was out for that game. Oh, 
Kyle and Kyle Pitts is, is has had a great start to his career, but he's just a rookie. And Russell Gage is underrated. And you you stick you stick Kyle Duggar on Kyle Pitts and you'll shut him down. I'm pretty sure they did actually. Yep. But that then is correct. now let's move on to the Titans, who they beat. How many of their skill players did they have on offense? Their their star players they had. All they had was was Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball. And who did he have to throw the ball to? Basically nobody. They had to pick up Golden Tate off waivers. And I don't even think he had even got a target. There he didn't even play. AJ Brown, yep. AJ Brown didn't couldn't play. Julio Jones is on IR. Actually, AJ Brown's on IR as well. And Derrick Henry's out perhaps for possibly the rest of the season. So it's great that they won all these games. I'm happy that they're eight and four and on top of the AF on top of the AFC East, the number two seed in the AFC. They're in the number one seed is in play. But in order for them to be a Super Bowl contender, they honestly they need to win both games against the Bills. Not just one, because we we believe that they can they they should they should beat the expectation is they should beat one win one of these two games against the Bills. Mm-hmm. But they're but if they beat tw- if they beat them twice and also beat the Colts, oh boy, they should be favor they should be favorites in the AFC at that point. Mm-hmm. But that's that's what it's going to take. At this point, I'm not sold. I'm still pretty much on the fence. What? Adam being realistic about his Patriots? I've always been realistic about my Patriots. You 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 used to be so hard on them for no reason other than I told I told you your team would make the playoffs and you didn't believe me when I told you that. And you now all of a sudden they have a chance and now you're like, we'll see. Come on now. I'm still we'll see. And have you seen a lot of these Patriots fans lately? A lot of people are already already buying their tickets to the Super Bowl. And saying, saying, let's, we're going to the Super Bowl. This is the 2001 Patriots all over again. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. And I think I've, I think I asked this a couple episodes ago. In on this Patriots team, comparing it to the 2001 Patriots team, who is Willie McGinnis on that Patriots Judon. team? Judon. Is he? But is he? Is Matt Judon anything like Willie McGinnis? I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. How about Teddy Bruschi? Who's Teddy Bruschi? Hightower. I guess Hightower would have to be. When he was in his prime, maybe. Hightower is not the same guy he once was. Okay. Okay, then Van Noy. I guess you'd have to tell me Ty Law's JC Jackson. Sure. Yeah, Ty Law's JC. Yeah, but Ty Law is nothing. J.C. Jackson is nothing like Ty Law. Again. Ty Law is maybe is one of the best corners in Patriots history. In league history, too. Obviously. Obviously, he's in the Hall of Fame. J.C. Jackson's nothing like that. Back he's, when a, Steph- he's a youngin'. He's just getting started. Give him a break. I'm not saying he's going to be like that, but he's off to a pretty good start. He's He's having a good year. I think he's a very good number two. And who is oh, starting? Who is who has been playing like a number one recently? But he's nothing. You like know what Tyler. you call a number two who plays like a number one? You Tyler. you want to take Jason a wild Jackson. stab? Yo, that's a number one. If you play like a number one, you're a number one. Oh, yeah. J.C. Jackson. Okay, but if you're asking us to compare 
this team's the 0-1 team. We're trying to find players comparable. We're not saying we're, they're exactly like them or they're going to end up like them, Hall of Famers, because that's not exactly the easiest thing to do. They're, what we're telling you is it could happen. This is a similar team to that 0-1 team. I'm not saying Mac Jones is Brady, but in the way he's managing the game, it's br- very Brady-esque. He's not asked to win you the game. You're asking him to basically not lose you the game, like Brady was when they won the Super Bowl the first time. He's taking the smart decisions, taking what the defense is giving him, like Brady did against the Rams. So give him some time. Be patient with this team, and maybe we'll see them in the AFC Championship game. And then go from there. That's progress in my eyes, because a year ago, we weren't even thinking of this team in the AFC Championship game. So, the, I mean, the what... So to say that the team is built the same way as the 2001 Patriots, yeah, I, I agree. They are built the same way. You know, it's the, the offense is more just take advantage of the other team's mistakes and let the, let the defense create more opportunities and capitalize on those opportunities. But I'm just saying those 2001, some of those players on defense on, in 2001 – we're far better. Not even in the same. It's not even. This team is not even in the same stratosphere on defense as those 2001 players. Okay. Okay. Let let let's calm down. It's been a good defense, but I just don't. I I'm not I'm not sold yet. All right. You're entitled to your opinion. I'm just saying it, it's not oh, out of the enough. realm of possibility. We're not saying they're going to be like that. We're saying it's very possible, not trying to exaggerate it. I don't think they're going to be like that, but I think they can I think they can be Super Bowl contenders in their own way. This I, do you think this offense is Here's what I'll ask you. And this is what I this is what I'm thinking. Do you think this offense is better in, than in 2001? Absolutely I do. Cuz I think it, it kind of is. It I kind think, of is. Yeah, it is. No, 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 no. We have a better running back. We have a first-round quarterback. We have a pair of decent tight ends, and our pass catchers are way – and our, our wideouts are way better, and our line's better too. But we'll we'll definitely have more – I mean, this is – like we said, this will be very telling these next few – these next few weeks of just how – just how good this Patriots team is. But anyways, we're going to talk – we talked about one team – who is on t- uh, who's in the two seed, which was the Patriots. And because of that victory for the Patriots, there's another benefactor of that, which is the Baltimore Ravens, who were able to take who are able to uh, who were able to take over that number one seed from the Titans. We'll talk about the Ravens yeah. next. Justin's Ravens. Yeah. You're listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. Yes. And we're back. And we are listening to the Fumble Ruski podcast. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros. We're talking about the AFC again. And the Baltimore Ravens not only were able to take the number, were not only able to beat the Cleveland Browns 16 to 10 in a divisional matchup, but they were also able to benefit from the Patriots knocking off the Titans from their perch of the number one seed and take over. As the number in at the number one spot, however, uh, Lamar Jackson's thrown a few a few interceptions in recent weeks. He threw four picks last game. So, do we see their Ravens 
sustaining their current spot on top of the AFC. All right, everybody step aside, step aside. This is my team. That means this is my moment, and I'm going to take it. All right, listen up and listen good. This team has the potential to be the number one seed and run through this AFC. But will they? That is the question at hand. I don't think they'll run through it. I think they'll struggle through some games more specifically. I believe the Packers game and maybe Cleveland or one of the other divisional rivals. I'm not sure which one, but I believe they'll struggle through one of through two games this season because, of course, that always happens. Uh, I'm worried about the Packers game because Aaron Rodgers is going to pick apart my secondary. It's just going to happen. I've resigned myself to that fate, and I'm basically asking myself, can Lamar Jackson score 30-plus points? And yes, he can because I believe my offense is somewhat healthy. If I can keep Marquise Brown – and if I can keep Mark Andrews, and if I can keep what's left of this O-line intact, and if Lamar Jackson can just say F it and run through the hole and get me a first down, yeah, I'm fine. But if I'm asking my defense to uh, to noticeably keep Aaron Rodgers out in the pocket and make, and pressure him and continually stop him from destroying my secondary, I'm not going to be happy about that. That's number one. Number two. I'm glad my defense stepped up Sunday night against the Browns. That sh- that made me very uh, more confident in my defense, more specifically Patrick Queen, who's been coming along well these past couple of weeks. I'm liking what I'm seeing, charging through the hole, getting a tackle for loss, making Nick Chubb look average. That's what I like to see. But um, we got the Steelers next. I believe that's going to be a win, but rivalry games, we always play close because for some reason Pittsburgh wakes up for us. They don't wake up for Cincinnati, but they'll wake up for us. Um, so I'm not taking that. That's a potential trap game. Other than that, um, I do see my team potentially finishing with the number one seed. And I'm taking nothing else as an answer. I'm scared. I'm very scared. Keep Justin away from me. No, no, I'm kidding. I mean, I won't confirm anything as it sits now, especially because the Ravens schedule is pretty hard. He touched on it, Justin did, but they'll be in Pittsburgh, in Cleveland, because like he said, rivalry games, they're, they're different. Uh, then, you know, they host Green Bay, then they're in Cincy, then they host the Rams, then they host the Steelers. Like it's a rivalry game, you play close. The Bengals, like rivalry game, but the Bengals have been good as of late. Packers have been good as of late, and Rams, they've been struggling, but they're still not a team to sneeze at. So will the Ravens win? I like I said, I won't. I mean, win the one seed. I won't confirm or deny anything, but it's possible. It's very possible. But we're gonna need Lamar to step up, not throw four picks a game. But uh, but I mean, but that was just a lapse. All right. To say Lamar is just a bum running back throws four picks a game, that's not accurate. Lamar mm-hmm. can win you games. He's got a nice arm, some decent accuracy, and he can move. That being said, can he win a shootout? I would argue yes. And it's very possible yes. the Ravens well, and it's very possible the Ravens do this. Personally, I guess I won't confirm or anything, but I will hint that they probably have despite the hard remaining schedule, they definitely have the best chance. I mean, the Patriots are a bit young, you know, they have Mac. The Chiefs, I don't know what to make of them. The Bills, I also don't know what to make of them. There's another team that I'm missing. Uh, the Colts, I mean, 
Jonathan Taylor, you take him away, what do they have? Absolutely nothing. I mean, except for defense. But, but I mean, they are probably my favorites to – no, no probably about it. They, they are my favorites to actually win the one seed. Uh-huh. Now, Adam, what, what do you mean? Why, why were you shaking your head about Lamar Jackson in the shootout? He absolutely can. As a matter of fact, he's come back to win shootouts. Here's the thing with Lamar Jackson. I'm listening. He's, especially with the, the Baltimore Ravens, they have always been, during Lamar Jackson's tenure, a run-first team. Yep. And when you are a run-first team, you win, mo- you win most of your games when it's not a shootout, when you get up, when you get up early and you just you control the you control the clock and you run the score up. But God mm-hmm. forbid it's a close game where the other team's scoring as well. You can't keep up with that to be <laughs> if you're primarily a running guy. And I've seen that time time after time where he's able to where he's not able to play from behind. I know he's been able to pull out some victories lately. That's been nice, but it's just not his play style. That's typically the way run-first offenses work, which is why you typically don't see those teams winning Super Bowls. I understand what you mean, but if I may, this isn't any run-first offense. I mean, to say it's a run-first offense is true, but when your quarterback also adds another dynamic, or something's got to be taken into consideration. I mean, Lamar is absolutely electric, too. And can he throw? I honestly think he can. I mean, he did that against the Vikings. He did that against the Colts. I mean, he's he's done it a bit. And to say he can't, to say that I don't trust him throwing, I just can't say that. I mean, I've, I genuinely like what I've seen, and he's up there in the MVP race, and it's just Lamar can definitely win you games. Be it a, He's just too electric. I mean, you would need to have – for him to have a really bad off night or a lights out defense to contain him. Yes. Okay. So let me get this out the way. Number one, Lamar Jackson absolutely can win in a shootout. He did that last year against the Browns when we won 47 to 42. That absolutely happened. It's and the I Browns. Who are they also, a, who are also a run first offense. They who were, also made the playoffs last season. I might add. The Steelers who everybody thought the Steelers would beat the Browns and everybody forgot who the Browns were. But anyway, uh, in a shootout, they can absolutely do it. If you're asking him to beat you from the pocket, he absolutely can do that. Just ask the Colts what happened to him when he was asked to beat them from the pocket. He dismantled them. Fast forward. And don't the Colts are like a top 10 defense? Absolutely. Fresh my memory. And they ended the Ravens' streak of running for 100-plus yards per game, and Lamar Jackson just beat them through the air and passed for four touchdowns, zero interceptions. Kansas City, Lamar Jackson struggled in the first. First quarter, the rest of the game, he let it come back to beat them. I don't know, understand why this comeback thing is still a narrative we like to push. But Lamar Jackson has proven time and time again, if you give him the weapons and if you give him options, he is more than capable of winning games for you. He proved it in the playoffs, and he's been proving it this season to the point where it's like, it's kind of lazy to say that he can't win you games from the pocket. And that if you try to stop the run, he can't beat you with his arm. He had a bad game. He had a bad game against the Browns. Four interceptions. We also forget that he had eight flu-like symptoms and didn't play against the Bears. And then he played against the Cleveland Browns, 
who played like a top 10 defense tonight. How many playoff wins does Lamar Jackson have? One. Mm. So, how many does Matthew Stafford have? None. But well, that's a, he's to him? Matthew Matthew Stafford's a is a special case. Okay, so how about let's compare him to another style of his, Kyler Murray. He hasn't even been in the playoffs. He's like, he's also a du- he's a dual threat guy too. How many wins does Deshaun Watson have in the playoffs? In the playoffs? One. Yeah. So I'm like, let's not act like Lamar's the only one who has his woes in the playoffs. He's been there three times and he's won once. The first time, I don't blame on him. The second time, he does have responsibility in that. The third time, he won the playoffs, and the second time, he had a concussion and the line was god awful. But these these players, the, their woes are all for other reasons than whether or not they're running and throwing. You know, Deshaun Watson is was on the was on the Texans for Sorry. all of his career, so he had, he had his issues there. They were an 11-5 team and were up 24 to nothing against the Chiefs in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't believe like that is inexcusable. Like, we can excuse that, but in the end, they still lost that game. They like, lost to an otherworldly quarterback in, in Patrick Mahomes, who was making a joke of the league late in the season that year. But he's not they, it didn't that, even feel like they broke a sweat coming back down 24 nothing. They came back in that in the Super Bowl that year against the San Francisco 49ers, which was one of the best defenses in the league la- last yes. year. Like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. What I'm telling you is that it can happen. Like it's you're making it seem like oh my god the playoffs are like this easy thing. No, everybody else gets paid like Lamar Jackson does. He's been in the league for three years. He's 24 years old. We act like he's like 28, 29 years old. That's because for the last three years, Lamar Jackson has been straight up embarrassing the league in the regular season to the point where we can't even compare what he's doing to anything else. And anything else we compare him to, we can only hold him to playoff standards. And for where he was drafted and for the criticisms that were coming out about him, that says a lot about his work ethic and his hard work he's been putting in. I'm not saying he's... Lamar Jackson's not a good quarterback. I'm not saying that at all. I'm, all, all I'm merely saying is that it's typically hard for for offenses who rely more on the run who are, who rely more on the rushing game to it's it's harder for those offenses to win in shootouts because if you force the team that team to throw the ball, that's not what they're built to do. That's all I'm trying to say. I understand that. But we've had to throw the ball because my damn running core is terrible. I, I, mean, I know, and they, they've team come team. out with a couple, and Lamar Jackson is capable of throwing. I just think it's not his strong suit. And we all know that, That's an, and there's nothing wrong with that. He is what he is. I disagree. I think his arm has come a lot better as of late. It certainly has. It's been, it's been a good arm. He has a decent arm. It's just, Like I said, it's not his strong suit. But... We do have to go on and move on move on to our game of the week. So we will get on to that. It is a bit bit of, we had a uh an inter an interconference matchup. That's coming up next. You are listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88 Dean Radio. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker and CJ Medeiros. We're on to our for 
we are on to our week 11, sorry, week 12, Sunday's best. And we have the Colts versus the Buccaneers. And so in this game, the Colts were ahead for most of the first half and held a 24 to 14 lead as late as halfway through the third quarter. But then at that point, Tampa answered with two touchdowns off turnovers produced by the defense and a field goal to go along with it and take a 34 to 20, 20 no, sorry, 31 to 24 lead. With 10 minutes left in the fourth. Indianapolis answered with a touchdown of their own with three minutes left to tie it at 31. And Tampa immediately answered with a drive that ended with a 28-yard Leonard Fournette touchdown to retake the lead at 38-31, would hold on to win by that score. I think they, I think he scored that touchdown with about 20 seconds left on the clock, so Indianapolis didn't have enough of a chance to tie it. But, guys, what are your thoughts on this game? CJ, you want to go first? Yeah, I, I do. Tom Brady, as it sits right now, is my favorite for MVP. This hurts me because Leonard Fournette carried him. And I am starting to see shades of 2017 Leonard Fournette. He's living up to the name Playoff Lenny. I mean, and he's going to be a beast come playoff time. And it's just, it's just the Bucks aren't this one-dimensional team. They're kind of like the reverse of what Adam said, whereas the Ravens are run first, the Bucks are pass first. Brady's got weapons galore, and yet they can still get in the game with the running attack. And honestly, their defense, despite a slow start to the season, isn't even that terrible either. They literally got two touchdowns off of turnovers, which is just clutch by the, you know, for their defense. Mm-hmm. And and it's just Tampa can get turnovers when they need it. And they can use the running attack when they need it. They're one of the most well-rounded teams in this league. And it's, you know, with Brady running it, it's just not fair. I mean, everyone's going to have their bad games. But the rest of the cast of characters is so strong, it really doesn't matter. You're going to need to have a lot of people to have an off day if you want to beat Tampa. That's plain and simple. And Indy, I don't fault them too much, but they're running their run defense got exposed by Leonard Fournette. And if you're Indy, that's definitely something you got to work on. Just work on defense, like in general. You let the Bucks come back. And still, just for Indy, the biggest issue is uh, is a ginger one. I'll call him Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz will not win you a playoff game. Carson yes, Wentz will not win you. No, he won't. Yes, he will not win you a Super Bowl. I... Yes. Thank God they have Jonathan Taylor, because Lord knows I don't trust Carson Wentz to do anything. So do with that what you will. But I generally think <laughs> just looking ahead, Indy should probably uh, reevaluate their quarterback decision. I think Wentz is done. I think Carson Wentz is a pretty good quarterback. I don't know about you, but I think he's pretty good. I think he's solid for that team. But anyway. It's just he's not going to win you anything. He's not. He won't. This is not about the Colts. This is about the Buccaneers. And we're talking about another quarterback. Well, this is about about, the game. I'm talking about Tom Brady first and foremost, then I'll get to the Colts. He did get bailed out by playoff Lenny. Playoff Lenny had four touchdowns, including the game-sealing touchdown at the end of the game. 
And what a block by Donovan Smith, too. People forget about that was a nice block that eventually sprung him for the touchdown. And uh, Tom Brady, I'm not going to lie, he's he's not having the best of weeks. I mean, solid three weeks right now. He's throwing three picks against the Saints. He threw two. That could have been three against the Washington football team. Coming off the bye, I thought he'd establish himself. I thought he'd be assertive and dominant and say, I'm the leader of this team. This team is going nowhere, and we will be a pain to deal with come playoff time. And I'm not going to lie. Didn't seem that way when it came to the Colts. Did not seem like they seemed disposable. They seemed like if the Colts didn't make any mistakes, they were very beatable. But, of course, they'll make mistakes because Carson Wentz is the quarterback for that team. They they are prone to make mistakes from time to time. But Carson Wentz, as far as I'm concerned, he is the right guy for that team because when he's on when he's on game, and more often than not he is on game, he scares me sometimes. Because he'll make a pass that I'll just say, wow. But by that same token, by that same token, he'll have one of these plays where it says, hmm, why did he throw that ball? The receiver was 20 yards downfield and he threw it 20 yards short. He's one of those players. So I believe if he can just keep his head on straight and rely on the run game, thankfully they have Jonathan Taylor, then you'll take a lot of pressure off him to make these Herculean-like type throws and he's allowed to just just sit there and think about the things. And now that he has a good old line, he doesn't have to try to do too much, which is why I think the Colts was a perfect destination for him. And he's not playing too bad. I think he's been revving up his play as of late. I think he just, I wouldn't say a bad game. I think he had an okay game. But at the end of the day, I expected, watching at halftime, I expected the Colts to win. And I was surprised that the Bucks pulled it off at the end. All right. So as for the Carson Wentz slander, because I, I have been a, good, a big fan of Carson Wentz, to be honest. Not a, I mean, not a big fan, but, you know, I, I like Carson Wentz. You want to know what his statistics are? What are? His, so his statistics are, so his touchdown-to-interception ratio, 21 to 5. And one of those touchdown one of those interceptions in that game yesterday, the other day was a garbage-time pick where he kind of just had to chuck it up there because he, he had to. And nearly 3,000 yards, which is pretty good, especially since he doesn't really need to win them games. It's kind of – it's all a team effort. This team is good all around, good offensive line, good defense, good pass catchers, good uh, – great rushing game. And Carson Wentz is just along for the ride, and he's the perfect guy to do it. This was the perfect, uh, the perfect desi- destination for him. All right, now on to the Buccaneers. Now, the Buccaneers, I thought this was a very encouraging game for this team. Number one, because I thought this was a this was a trap game for the Buccaneers, that they would have a tough a tough time winning, and they did. And this was a very a good test for them to sort of test out they, their strength and they passed. This also showed that Tampa Bay could win in more ways than just passing the ball 40 to 50 times a game. You know, there's Tom Brady. As much as we like to think he's not human, he is human. Mm-hmm. And when he is, and when he has his games that are a little off, it's nice to know that he has a run, he has a rushing game to pick him up, and they have that he has a defense to help pick him up. And Tom Brady, I'm really not worried about him. He's still my pick for league MVP. We're going to talk about league MVP on the fan box in a little bit, but honestly. 
this Buccaneers team, this was a very encouraging sign for them. And the, the schedule for them really gets – it only gets easier. I mean, look at all the tests that they have. I think that Bill – I think Tom Brady is going to have the opportunities of his life to pad his stats and solidify his MVP case. He's going to run away with it in a couple of weeks. This game against Atlanta, this game against the Bills, they just lost Tredavious White. It's going to look great. As for the Colts, it's kind of more like a moral victory for them. You know, they really hung in there and almost and kind of gave the Tampa, the Buccaneers a scare. And I think this is a team that nobody in the AFC wants to wants to face. As a Patriots fan, I do not want. I can, I I think I can wait for the Colts to come in and be and face the Patriots. I don't think they're going to beat them. To be honest, I'm a little skeptical. You're skeptical of the Colts beating the Patriots? I think I think the Colts have a very good shot at doing it, yeah. All right. The way they gave the Buccaneers a scare and the job that they did to limit their strength, This that was another – that's another another narrative for this game was that each team did a great job of limiting, limiting each other's strengths. Jonathan Taylor did not have that good of a game, and he yeah. was the one who was going to win them the game. They stopped the run. As for the Colts, they stopped the passing game, and it was it was just incredible to watch. I agree, but I enjoyed the, watching the game. I I like the matchup between Viva and Quentin Nelson. That's something I something I enjoy watching. Hopefully, I see for years to come. But overall, nice matchup. Playoff Lenny bailed out the goat, which I find weird because well, you know he's the MVP, right? Who's your who's who's your goat? And I can name a time where he was bailed out. Like if I you said, say Lamar Jackson, I'm hanging up this call and kicking you off the podcast. Okay, I'm, I wasn't going to say him. But. <sighs> Tom Brady. What are you going to say, Aaron Rodgers? You know he was bailed out in the conference championship game by his defense during his Super Bowl run. No, I, I said Tom Brady. I said it. There you go. There you go. See, it wasn't that hard. Unlike Brady beating Eli Eli Manning in a Super Bowl. All right. Anyways, I think we've had enough of talking about the AFC, the AFC for these last two episodes, which is really heavily focused on that. So we're going to transition over to an NFC team who's starting to struggle a little bit in the Dallas Cowboys. We're going to get to them next and what's going on with them. This is the Fumble Rooski podcast. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Fumble Rooski podcast by Power 88, Dean Radio, Adam Wright, Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros. Guys, the Cowboys lost to the Raiders on Thanksgiving for their third loss in four games, falling to seven and four and the four seed in the AFC, sorry, the NFC playoff picture. I'm, I'm getting so used to talking about the AFC, but what is going on with this Cowboys team? How about them boys, huh? How many times do I have to tell you about the Cowboys? They will do Cowboys things. I keep telling you all this. I told Adam during preseason. They were going to be a – you said they were going to be a playoff team. I said it depends on them because they will do Cowboys things to mess it up for them. Late in late November, December, we will see what type of team this Cowboys team is. And what are they doing? They lost three of their last four, including a game against the Raiders. They had no business lo- losing. They should not have lost to the Raiders. They should have won that game. But the, instead, that defense got torn to shreds by Derek Carr 
and Deshaun Jackson. I don't know who that that cornerback is, Anthony, whatever. He should have been cut after the game the way he was giving up pass interference calls. He had four of them. That oh, Anthony Brown? Anthony Brown, yes. He had four of them. That And one in overtime, that cost him the game. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. There, uh, Zeke not getting the ball, getting enough touches. Uh, Dak Prescott playing okay, but not good enough to win you the game. Oh, and that third down, that third down in overtime where he threw it behind Noah Brown, that's his fault. That is exactly his fault. I, you can't blame anybody else for that. He was wide open. All you had to do was throw it to him, but instead you throw it behind him for what reason? I don't know, but it's low. It's fast and it's low, and he has to reach back to get it, and he can't get it, and they punt, and game's over. I'm like, the Raiders got this. And so at the end of the day, when I look back on this Thanksgiving, happy because the Cowboys once again lost, all I have to say is, how about them Cowboys? CJ, you can take it from here. Oh, thank you. So the Dallas Cowboys suffer from a little problem. I like to call bad coaching. Yes. And this bad coach's name is uh, a little thing I like to call Mike McCarthy. After mm-hmm. he was fired from the Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy should never have got another job in American sports. Aaron Rodgers carried Mike McCarthy throughout his entire career, and any Packers fan will tell you that Mike McCarthy is a god-awful coach. <laughs> Why the Cowboys hired him, I wouldn't know. And now it's coming back to bite them. I genuinely believe the Cowboys would be top two in the NFC because they have the potential. They've got the star power. They've got a lot of elite players, but they would be top two in the NFC if it wasn't for their piss poor coaching. That's what it is. It's like I can't point to anything else. Dak is fine. They've got a nice two-headed running back of Pollard and Zeke. You know, Dalton Schultz is emerging as a legitimate tight end. You've got their CV core of Amari and CD. Mm-hmm. And don't they have Michael oh, Gallup, too? Yes, they do. And Noah Brown, who's also very decent. Mm-hmm. Dalton Schultz, and, too. Yeah, I mentioned him. And on Cedric the D-line. Wilson. Yep. Oh, of course. Let's and get on, to the practice on, squad, too, while we're at it. <laughs> Let's just mention and, the team. Yeah, I mean, on defense, you know, I mean, not as impressive. But, you know, they still have guys like Michael Parsons, Leighton Vanderesh, and Trayvon Diggs. I mean, this is not a bad team. But they're doomed by bad coaching. And that is my issue. I will die on this hill. Mike McCarthy is the reason for their underachieving. They just can't get a good coach. They got one headache in the clapping man, Jason Garrett, and then they replaced with another headache in big Mike McCarthy. Just... I am not a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. I find that most of their fan base annoying. I don't like Jerry Jones. But I can't help but feel bad for them being robbed of their potential by god-awful coaching. Because, you know, Jerry Jones very much handpicks the guys anyway. But that's neither here nor there. So, yeah. Long story short, I genuinely believe that this team and their struggles are a product of bad coaching. And if they have any sense whatsoever, I don't care where they finish. They need to fire Mike McCarthy. So we can talk about how bad the coaching is. And you would be justified in saying that because their coaching as as bad as it has been 
is not the reason they've lost three of their last four games. The reason they've lost three of four games is because they lost C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper for the last two games. Those are their top two targets. Have you? How many teams, how many quarterbacks can perform well? How many teams in general can c- perform well with barely any targets to throw to? Not really very many. Some of the best quarterbacks of all time have struggled without their, have been, a, been able to win regardless, but have, be, have struggled without their top targets, let, their top one target, let alone two. And you take you look at that and then you look at the way they performed against the against the oh sorry Oakland the the Vegas Raiders mm-hmm. i i was actually a little more encouraged by that because if you're able to win with Michael Gallup as your number one guy and not much past that then or not win but they came close to it and for for Dak Prescott to put up the statistics he did with that I was a little bit encouraged. I think when they get back, they're going to they're going to start winning games again. They're going to be fine. Don't do this. Don't. Are you going to double down on this again? What am I doubling down on? On the, the Cowboys being in the NFC cha- or being a playoff contender? I think they're a playoff contender. Yeah. I think they'll. Yeah, I think they're going to go to the playoffs. You think they're going to? I could see them getting bounced out in the first or second round. Yeah, because I, say it with me, boys and girls, bad coaching. I generally believe Mike McCarthy's just holding this team back. And you know what? He's like, oh, yeah, Anthony Brown got four penalties. Yeah, well-coached players aren't penalty machines. I don't know how to how I feel. I've noticed something. You know how in the Broncos game, they they were down 30 to like 20-something to nothing. And Dak Prescott was playing awful. Then all of a sudden, in garbage time, he throws for over 200 yards, two touchdowns, and we're supposed to be okay with this. No. I'm not okay. He was with a that. bum. He he played awful against the Broncos. I'm not gonna lie, their defense is actually pretty good, and Patrick Sertan should get more votes for defensive rookie of the year. Not over Adafi or Micah Parsons, but he's up there too. But my, the Broncos ain't all that. You're letting Teddy Bridgewater dot, dot you up like that. Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick. Balls. Tim Patrick catching balls over Trayvon, Trayvon Diggs, this supposed shutdown corner. Uh uh-uh. uh. He's a good corner. Don't get me wrong. He's he's turned out better than expected based upon his rookie season. But I'm gonna need you to calm down on that. And then, that was that was a bad loss. I'll grant you that Broncos game. You can talk about it all you want. I agree. I agree. You don't have to talk. I saw the game too. It was a bad loss. However, this, this however, was. if they did not lose, if they did not lose Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb for two weeks in a row, mm-hmm. they'd be. What's what's their record right now? Seven and four. Yeah, they'd be nine and two right now. Or is my is my is my math off? No, nine and two. Yeah, they'll be. You would think they'd be nine and two, but they, they always lose on Thanksgiving. That's the only reason I enjoy Thanksgiving. They always lose there. This is a different Cowboys team. This is a different Cowboys team. We always say that, and then around this time they start to lose. We do not always say that. We do not always say that. We always say, like, oh, this is the team. They should make the playoffs. And then all of a sudden, yeah, they lose and don't make the playoffs. I'm Name not- a year where that happened. 2020. They should not have lost the, the NFC East that year. That, that was a very that was a very mediocre Patriots team in 2020. Sorry, Patriots. 
Cowboys. That was a very mediocre Cowboys team in 2020. They were without Dak Prescott that year, and their defense was horrible. Okay, then. I'll be fair. 2019. 2019? Yes. I thought that was a very mediocre Cowboys team that year. Who they had? What's that? They had Dak. They had Michael Gallup. They had Amari Cooper. They had Zeke. They had Tony Pollard. Their defense wasn't very... Again, the whole East, the NFC East wasn't that good. They just didn't have a good year. But you're telling me the East is on the line against the Eagles. They they give you 17 points, and all you can tell me is Dak Prescott, your franchise guy who you've invested long-term in, can only give me nine points in, cl- in crunch time. But we're going to blame coaching for some players not performing up to their contract. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm sorry. You you like what they're scheming? Do you like what they're running? You're blind if the answer is yes. I would like it if Zeke got more than nine touches. I would really like that. Yeah, they were playing from behind. There, I asked. They were playing from behind. Do you understand game script? Just because you're down by one score does not mean you stop. Just avoid running the ball. If you go down by one score, that doesn't mean you throw away running. It was a high-scoring shootout. You cannot run the ball that much, especially when you have your franchise quarterback. If it's a one-score game, you know what you can do? You can run the ball because you know you can come back into it. You can't just avoid passing. I mean, you can't just avoid running. Like, no. You can't just avoid Zeke and Tony just because, oh, they only had nine carries for 30-something yards. Zeke is averaging 4.5 yards per carry, and you're just going to avoid that? No offense, that's kind of idiotic, which points to CJ's claim of bad coaching. Give them more touches. They are 0-4 when Dak has to throw the ball over, like, what, 55 times? They're, like, 7-0 when they have a more balanced attack. So what I'm telling you is give Zeke more touches or give Tony Pollard more touches. You do realize that any team that has has forced to throw that many times, typically those are the teams that are playing from behind. They – Nobody wins when they're unless you're unless you're built like the Buccaneers where you have to pass in order to win. No, very very few teams win when they when they play like that. It's balanced. Again, it's not like they were behind by like ten or like ten to fourteen points or like down twenty one where it's all but certain you have to pass. They were down by one score. So you're telling right. me if you're down, it's for sure you have to pass the ball. Like there's no other option here. That's what I'm talking about. They continually make, make mistakes like that. And Dak Prescott, your $75 million man, when you need him the most, failed to show up. I like Dak. I think he's a top 10 quarterback. But sometimes he'll have games like he did against the Raiders, like he did against the Broncos, where he won't show up for three quarters. And when the game is over, basically in towards the end of the fourth quarter, he'll then have stats that makes it seem like the game was close. But in actuality, it wasn't really close to begin with. Yes, but it's. Not the reason why they're seven and four. The reason why they're seven and four is because they lost their top two targets. No, you can't tell me. You can't what? tell me that if they're with, if they're not without Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb in a game that ended in one score, that they would have crushed that Raiders team. So you're telling me, you're telling me, if I just put Ceedee Lamb and Amari back in the lineup, that's going to solve their defensive woes against the Raiders. No, but they win that game. They outscore them. I disagree. I vehemently disagree. I think they beat them. Yes. No, I don't. And I think that still played like garbage. 
And I mean, have you seen some of the throws he was making? Don't mind who he was throwing to. Look at some of the actual throws he was making. It was bad. It was just painful to watch. Yeah, some of them were bad throws. But he would have had wide receivers to bail him out on some of those plays. He could have if he actually threw good balls because Noah Brown's not a bad receiver. Michael Gallup's a good receiver. That one he caught on the sidelines was a damn good catch. And yet we like to say that he doesn't have anybody to throw to. I think that's just a narrative we like to portray for Dak that isn't really true. He still had Dalton Schultz. He still had Tony Pollard and Zeke, who are good pass catchers coming out of the backfield. Michael Gallup is a solid number two and a serviceable number one. It's not like he had nothing. We just like to believe that because CD and Amari weren't on the field. That's all. All right. We're not going to agree on this. So let's let's go on to the let's go on to the fan box. So we're going to approach the end of our show and we'll hear from you on who your MVP is. So that's next. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Fumble Rooski podcast. I'm Adam Wright with Justin Tucker, CJ Medeiros. So we are approaching the end of our show and you know what that means. That means we are on to the Fumble Rooski fan box. So we post a question box every Monday, and you can respond with hot takes, questions, and more, and we will discuss it and give you a shout-out on our podcast. Respond to next week's fan box question to be featured on our show. So the Fumble Rooski fan box question of the week was, who is the MVP three-quarters of the way through the season? So I've asked this during basically every quarter of the season. I asked a quarter of the way through. I asked halfway through. And I'm asking now, which is three quarters of the way, just to kind of get a feel on what we're how what we who we think the MVP is going to be. So throw back to the beginning of the year when everybody was saying Kyler Murray. And I've got to say, none of these answers included Kyler Murray. And Kyler Murray has dipped in the MVP race. And this is why I like to post it throughout the year to kind of figure out who we have. And we will start with Tyson Tate, who started off with saying, even with the loss, Kirk Cousins. Shut up, Tyson Tate. No, no, look, man, with all due respect, you can't have that record and be MVP. It's just, it's just not allowed. His stats are there, but the record isn't there. And you have to lead the team to wins as well. And his, and st- statistically, he's having maybe his best season yet. What yeah, is it? Just not doing jack for him. Twenty-three touchdowns to th- was it three interceptions? Yeah. That's his best season yet. That's solid. But and I mean, I mean Kirk yeah. Cousins' stats are there, but you just not with that record. That's not going to happen. I'm sorry. All right. Now, moving on, Brian Mucker, our former co-host, said Aaron Rodgers has been remarkable playing through injuries and getting some clutch wins. Okay. The first thing is, I'm not sure if he's being sarcastic or not about the injury thing. I just want – I'm going to make that clear. But if he is serious, yeah, uh, Aaron Rodgers is, as of late, has been making the case for MVP, especially since when he was out. That offense had nothing going for him when Jordan Love took over the helm. So – yeah, I think he is – I think he's top five, if not top three. Yeah, I think I think he's – I think he's up there. He's not my pick, but he's – I can understand the case for him. And if he he's not, if he really turns it on or if some guys who are ahead of him in my book start to struggle, I could start to see him in there. I mean, I see it. 
He's not my pick. He's my third pick, but yeah, I can I can see it. All right. Now Patrick Willever said NFL MVP is Tom Brady. And he said my MVP is Joe Mixon. I've gotta um, say Joe Mixon is playing good. He's playing he's well. He's one of the most underrated backs in the league, honestly. He's playing well, but I would take Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase on the that Bengals team over Joe Mixon. There's a joke here, but I can't say it. But yeah, Joe Mixon has been playing good. But yeah, Tom Brady is the MVP at this moment in time. Probably. Grayson Mortimer said Brady. Speaking of who's MVP, I think we all agree that it's Brady right now. Yep. And uh, and then speaking of what's of CJ's opinions on Tom Brady being MVP, he said it's Brady and he's pull away, pulling away from the competition. He's not, I mean, just bro. look at the numbers, bro. He's just not. look at the numbers and look at the record. I, Stati- I'm looking at those numbers, and no, he's not. Statistics are there. The record is there. He's these doing last, it. Oh my, these last three games, you're telling me he's pulling away. After what you saw these last three games, you think he's just by far pulling away. Well, yeah, at, I would take him over anyone else in this league. Literally, right, look right. at the statistics. Rodgers isn't there. Lamar's not there. Like, no one's near him. He's going Lamar's to solidify it. In rushing. Lamar stopped 10 in rushing. If he continues this up, I could see him winning MVP. Just because he had one bad game, we cannot kill him for it. Tom Brady had two, and we're just going to let it pass? Uh, yeah, but I mean, two uh, not up to snuff games versus one really, really, really awful performance. Tom Brady threw three interceptions. And Lamar threw four. And still won the game because of him. There's no other answer. I'm not saying he played perfect. No, he played awful. Two of those picks were by far his fault. But I'm not going to sit here and be like, Brady was playing perfect and he's going, he's pulling away from it. No, he is culpable. He played awful against the Saints. He played awful against the Washington football team. And he escaped because playoff Lenny bailed him out against Indy. He still didn't play terrible in that game, though. Yeah, he's, well, not he's not the terrible. reason for that win is what I'm saying. He played a part, though. Okay. He was not the most valuable player on that team that day is what yeah, I'm that saying. that game. Over the entire This isn't just a microcosm of just a few games. This yeah. is the entire season. And, and I when still you have count Lamar. the entire season. It's... And, it's st- and Lamar's right there if we're doing the entire season. If we're just it's... looking at one game, sure. But if we're doing the entire season, Lamar is up there too. And I'm not taking – and we're not just about to say he's pulling away from competition. Absolutely not. He might not be pulling away now, but I think he's going to pull away in these coming weeks. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. And so, so going on, uh, the next our next pick, Ryan DeLongchamp said Tommy, which which I'm implies Tom Brady. I'm assuming Tom Brady. Nick Normand said there isn't a really dominant there isn't really a dominant MVP, but I might go with Jonathan Taylor. Not gonna lie, he does have a case. He has yeah, a case. Probably. Has probably a, the he's having most, a very good season. MVP worthy non quarterback. It's sad it's such a QB yeah. award, but I mean he it could it could have been Derrick Henry too. Derrick Henry would have been up there with Jonathan Taylor. Oh yeah, definitely, but poor man he got that injury. All right. Robert Shelley said, Whoever said Kirk Cousins, you're a national treasure. But the real answer is David Blau. And I'm assuming that's the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. He's the third string, yeah. 
Yep, and no, no, no. Yeah, the Thanksgiving <laughs> legend. Do you remember that 2018 Bears defense? He tore them apart. Or was it 2019? It was one of those two. Teams. I think it was 2018. He tore. He tore them apart. No, I think not 2019. Oh, my God. I'm not – I don't – I'm not going to answer. I can't No. David Blau. It's a joke. It's it's obviously I, I, a joke. I know it's a joke, but, jeez. Get, get him off my screen. Somebody's offended. All right. Cam Alden, who we, we have had on our show earlier on, known as a, a – avid uh, baker mayfield fan yeah he's gonna go down with his ship and he's he's pointing at baker mayfield for mvp how the hell can he go with baker he's obviously just saying it out of he's yeah. out of pride yeah out of pride i, I i'm looking baker's not even the, the best Ravens? quarterback in his division no. he's the probably the third best in the division yeah he's better than ben even yeah. injured i'd still take baker over big ben right now because Big Ben yeah. is really – he should retire after this season, but he's probably not. I've got to say, though, if you get rid of – if the Browns get rid of Baker Mayfield, then it'll, it'll probably send the Browns back to the Dark Ages. It's because he's at the, the very yeah. He's at the very least a game manager, Yeah, which helps the them. best. He's a game changer. As much as I give Cam Flagg for saying he's better than Lamar, which he's not, but he's a very – he's a good quarterback – in last season, he proved he was a good quarterback. All right. So now that we've gotten through all all of these, uh, all of the fans here, uh, let's all go around the table and give our MVP picks. And don't explain it. We need to get. We need to end this show. This is drag. It's dragged out a long time. So just yeah. give our no arguments. Brady. So, Tom Brady. And I think you know what my pick is. Lamar Smith, the legend himself, Tom Brady. Shut up, Justin. All right. Any more thoughts you, before we end the show? We do have to. We do need to call it quits for the night. Uh, I, did you hear what I said by any chance for your pick? No. I said Nathan Peterman. Ooh. That's a good one. Listen, that, that's all. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Before another argument breaks out that'll do it for us tonight thank you for listening to us make sure you subscribe to our youtube channel check us out on spotify spreaker and google podcast also be sure to follow our instagram at fumble underscore podcast to keep up with our podcast in the latest coverage on the nfl otherwise we will see you next week over and out